Hello and welcome to the most intelligent selection podcast, Gold Coast. I'm your host, Paul Collins, and over the past 20 years, I have had to learn a lot about personal development and success strategies to go from barely surviving to absolutely thriving. Well, it's time to give back to the people of the Gold Coast, and who knows, maybe further afield. So, I'll be interviewing business owners, influencers, for want of a better word, and anyone with a voice and something positive to say so that we can help Gold Coasters and others increase their levels of success in all areas of their lives. Hello and welcome to the most intelligent selection podcast, Gold Coast. This is episode nine, and today we have who is possibly the calmest head chef on the Gold Coast, if not the world, Robert Lee. Robert is a friend of my colleague, and he was the first person that my colleague suggested for the podcast, as he said he would be very good. Robert, would you mind introducing yourself to the listeners, who possibly will already know you, most of them, and mainly me, who does not know you? Okay, my name is Robert Lee. I'm 65 years old. I worked as a chef for the last 43 years, and I live on the Gold Coast. Excellent. 43 years as a chef. Yes. Without wanting to make you feel old, Robert. That's a year longer than I've been alive. (laughs) But you do not look that old. It doesn't look like you should have been working for that long. I feel like it sometimes. (laughs) I feel like it too. Now, Robert, did you always want to be a chef? All my life, yes. Really? Yes. And what was the first moment that you realised, I want to be a chef? I think I was about five years old. Okay, and what was it that made you do that? that My mum and dad are both chefs. Oh, righto. In Australia? My father was in China, in Hong Kong, and my mum here in Australia. Fantastic. A family of chefs. Yes. I bet mealtime was fun in your house, either beautiful food or everybody shouting, or or both. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, over your 43 years as a chef, what has been your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? Now, that can be as a chef. It may be another part of your life that springs to mind. I don't know. The biggest challenge, I think, was family. I think that being a chef, you work long hours and you're away from home quite a bit. And I think... Juggling that with family, babies and all that sort of thing. I think that was the hardest or the most challenging. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Either it's early mornings or late nights or both. Uh, Yeah, most of the time it's both. And how did you manage or overcome that challenge? I think spending the time as much as possible with your family. Still being able to get up, take time to spend with the kids, get home at night, go tuck them in, do all the things that you should be doing. And I think that was very satisfying as a father. That's beautiful, yeah. Doing the things that we have to do with our responsibilities as a father, mother, whatever it may be. That's right. And what has been your biggest success and, and how did you achieve that? I think my biggest achievement was becoming a chef uh, and working hard getting to the point where you earn that respect of being the head chef or the executive chef okay, and cooking for the Queen. Wow, that's yeah, pretty cool. At the Opera House in Sydney. Is that right? Yeah. That's very cool. And when did you do that? 
That was back in 1978. Fantastic. Yeah. 1978. She came over to actually open the opera house. Did she? Yeah. And um, we were in the Benelong restaurant and we got to meet her. All the chefs stood in line, got to meet her. Wow. Um, everything, yeah, it was great. And there's a lot of protocol that goes oh, with meeting the Queen so. and cooking for her. Did somebody have to test the food yes. before it was served it, yes, so that did. you hadn't poisoned her? That's correct. Wow. What did you cook for the Queen? It was chicken. KFC? Uh, <laughs> no, our own, our own variety. It was called a chicken tambourine. It's chicken breast with prawns and avocado in the centre. Oh, beautiful. And it's fried and then sliced and laid on a bed of hollandaise sauce Ooh. and fresh vegetables. Wow. Yeah. Do you, did you get any feedback from the Queen? Was she pleased? Very or? much so, yeah. yeah. She congratulated us all at the end of the meal. And you think she has to say that every time, like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones yeah, going, saying no. every city's the best? Yeah. Yeah, no, not really. I think it's, it's a lot of protocol which they have to go through, which sure. you know, is part of their life. Yeah. But I think she did, she honestly did enjoy it. That's it amazing. Good. Yeah. What a cool story. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, well done. And you did say one of the, besides that, which is a standout memory, mm-hmm. you did say that earning or getting to a stage where you had earned the respect mm-hmm. as, a, as an executive chef yeah, that's correct. was one of your biggest achievements. Yes. And so how did you actually achieve that i think the process through that is is spending the hours and the time of learning things can be done in different ways there's not always just the one way to do it i think that people have to treat other people with respect as well Mm. and if you do that they will always come back and work for you you treat people the way you like to be treated yes and i think that is one of the biggest things in our life that a lot of people need to learn. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's a foundational element. That's right. And if you treat people with respect, you get it back. You do. And also part of that is on the way to success, treating people as you would like to be treated, of course, and constantly learning and developing your skills. Be open. Open to everything and That's attached right. to nothing. There are different ways to do things. And if you can learn better ways, that's only to gratify yourself. You get that pride. I know how to do that. Yeah. But I can do it this way or I can do it that way. And people will think, oh, okay, there's more more than one way to skin a cat. Robert, being a chef is, I believe, a hard job for a lot of people. And only a few, I guess only a few of any industry reach the very uh, pinnacle. And I've been in restaurants before as a waiter mm-hmm. and very minor time as a oh. chef. And the people are often very stressed. Oh, yeah, that can happen. So my next question is, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? I think the best answer for that it would be the gratification of when you've fed 2,500 people and every person comes back and says how good it was more could you ask for wow that's pretty cool that's another huge achievement when did that happen i at the um entertainment center in the on the gold coast okay what was the uh, event it was a doctor's convention okay and there was two and a half thousand doctors and pharmacists 
and we had to feed them for a week, breakfast, morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea and dinner. Wow. Every day. That's quite a gig. Mm. Two and a half thousand people. Mm. Well done. Yeah. So, but there's a lot of chefs there. Yeah. And you've all got to work to get to that one gold. Yeah. And it's what they call organised chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beautiful word. Yeah. Organised chaos. Yes. So what makes you feel inspired? I would take, because it's very hard to serve two and a half thousand mm. people every day or every week and constantly feel inspired. But we could, would I be right in saying that seeing other people satisfied or helping other people yes. and seeing them happy Correct. fundamentally would yes. make you Most feel definitely. inspired and, yes. and feel definitely. well That's so that right. and you can continue to do that more? Yes, and the achievement of all the staff have put together what they have mm. to make those people into that feeling. Yeah, beautiful. Robert, if you could start a business mm-hmm. tomorrow, yes, what would that business be? Or would you even consider starting a business? Yes, I would. And it would be catering. Wise, I suppose, yes. considering your history. Yes. And would that catering be private catering in people's houses or, or some other yes, uh, idea? Yes, catering for all aspects, as in I used to have a paddle wheeler down in Sydney. Okay. And I had the catering on that. <laughs> wow. And it was seven days a week and sometimes each cruise was four hours and we would have the mayor of Sydney yep. on the boat and we'd cater for it and all those sorts of things and so on, and did private functions at people's homes, did, you know, a, a dinner for 12 people, but really high class, upper class yeah. sorts of meals, and it's good fun. Wow. Are you just entertaining that idea, or is it something you would, you're actually I, actively considering? I could consider it, yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yes. I wanna but my ultimate goal would be a teacher. Teacher? Yeah. Cooking teacher, I imagine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I did the course and I've got my ticket, certificate four. Yeah. And I can go and work in TAFEs and all that sort of thing. But I would like to actually buy some property, yep. build a kitchen for classes to cater. Wow. To teach people. Big goal. Yeah, that would be the ultimate. I'd love to do that. Wow, who knows what will happen. Maybe somebody listening to this has a similar idea yeah. and would yeah. partner with you. That's beautiful. Why did you decide to be a teacher? Because or that you would like to be I'm a teacher? Over the years as being a chef, you get apprentices, you teach apprentices, the satisfaction of knowing that you've taught that person what you know mm. and how they can follow on. I think that's absolute ultimate. But wow. A lot of the kids today just don't get taught properly. No, that's right. That's a shame. You know, it's For me, personally, I was taught by sorciers and all sorts of people and I learnt the right way. But the kids today can do a nine-month course and become a chef. How <laughs> can you do that? I did that. Mm. I, Simpson and I, we went to school mm-hmm. at King's College. I, yes. And that was, what, three, four, five days a week for, yes. let's say, nine months. Yes. All the theory mm-hmm. and everything. And then at the end... Right, now you have to go in a kitchen. I don't know what to do. How can I behave in a kitchen? It's much better that it, it's better the way it's done. Mm-hmm. 
as an apprentice. Yes. Going and learning on the yes. job. You learn on the um, job and then you go to TAFE one day a week and you get that personal... The experience, experience in the kitchen. In, in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, that's how I did it, four years, you know, and then I did other courses after that, like a saucier, garmagere, different parts of, of the kitchen. What's a garmagere? Vegetables. There you go. Yeah, knowing how to <laughs> Didn't do know that. vegetables and, and what they can go in and how long they should be cooked for mm. and all these different th- sorts of things. Saucier, well, that explains itself. Yeah. Butchery, how to break down a cow yeah. or a pig, bone a chicken out, anything like that. The kids don't get that experience anymore because you can buy it. Yeah, that's done. right. We've outsourced our responsibility yeah, that's right. to and a degree. sources are the same. You go into a kitchen, you learn how to make a sauce from scratch. Mm. But these days, I can buy it in a packet. Yes, that's right. I think the fundamental skills everybody should learn. That's right. Is yeah. how to process your food yeah. yourself. Yeah. Not that I want my daughters butchering yeah, in no. the kitchen. but yeah. yeah, This basic knowledge, even for a housewife. Yep. When I was an apprentice, we used to have housewives that come to TAFE to learn how to do those basic things mm. so that they could learn to do different meals for their families to make it so it's not so boring instead of three veg and a, and a piece of steak. Yeah. I mean, that, that sort of thing. Excellent. Robert, what do you wish you had known when you were starting out as a chef? I wish I would have known more about the hours <laughs> that you had to put in. When I very first started as an apprentice chef, we used to do split shifts. Mm. So you started at 9 o'clock, you finished at 2 o'clock, you started at 5 o'clock, you finished at 10.30. Yeah, okay. Horrible. Uh, And you were doing that six days a week and then going to TAFE the next day. Wow. So those days have long gone, but I think that's what I would have more than anything thought about a bit more. (laughs) And who knows where you would have been had you known that. Yes, Um, that's right. But in some respects, lucky you didn't know that. No, I really love what I did. I hate what it did to me. I think... In anybody's life, the most important thing is family. I regret in the fact that I didn't get as much time to spend with them. Yeah, okay. But that was my career and there was not much I could do about it. No, that's right. Everybody turned out all right. I spend a lot more time with the kids now and all that sort of thing, say, and the grandchildren, you know. I've met your kids. They seem very cool. Yeah, yeah, they're not bad. So you did did something right. They have, they have their moments. <laughs> I'm sure they do. I have two who have their moments, yeah. as I do. Yes. I have my moments. That. Robert, what is one success strategy or habit or tip that you could share that could help someone begin to take positive action and get more control of their life? I think the biggest thing is to like yourself and to be honest with yourself. Wow, tough. I think they're the two biggest things. Because if you start to doubt yourself and things like that, that's when things go pear-shaped. And so if I start doubting myself, mm-hmm. whether I'm trying to become a chef or a real estate agent mm-hmm. or a farmer or all of Whatever these things, is, yeah. two of which I'm trying to do, but I do doubt myself, what can I do at that time? I think the best thing you can do is to stop for a minute, take the time to think about it and say, I can do this. Okay. Nobody's going to stop me Yep. and I can do it. That's, that's very good advice. Yeah. Reflect for a while yeah. and don't give up no, and continue. Just you know? stop and think about it and think, I know where I'm going yep. and I'll get there. There you go. Mm. Good advice. Mm. <laughs> what are you curious about right now? 
curious, I'd say go-karting. Really? Yeah. And you have two, three. right? <laughs> you have three go-karts. Yes. And you're, how long have you been go-karting for? Just over a year. Okay. So it's quite I new then. I have my two children. Yep. And never did I think that I would ever see the day that we would be doing this. Oh, okay. But my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter, Talia, she is illuminated by it. Oh, wow. She absolutely loves it. And her goal in life is to be a supercar driver. Wow. And this is where she was told to start. Cool. And my little fella's the same. He's only nine and they just bite at the bit every day to get out on them <laughs> go-karts. Well, I bet all this rain has been annoying them no Knocked end. Them out. <laughs> wow. Knocked them out of the park. I did enjoy go-karting when I was a child yeah. and I'd, yeah. I'd love to do it again. Mm. Hint, hint. That's cool. Hopefully in a few years' time we will learn that she has a, yes, is a few yeah. steps closer. But what is it that you are curious about regarding go-karts? Is it that your children like it so much or there's another um, I think it's more the mechanical and the pride yeah. of my daughter and my son being okay. doing what they're doing. I think that is the curious thing is that I love tinkering yep. and that's what I do. Yeah, okay. So a little bit of both then, the mechanical yeah. aspect and the uh, the family aspect. Yeah. Wow. That's it's something we all do together. Sure. Uh, nice cheap hobby there, Robert. Go, well, go, yeah, go very cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to introduce my children to that just yet. No. But we will see. All right. Robert, you are in a um, real estate agent's office yes. in Southport. And you live in, if I'm right, was it Upper Kumara? That's correct. Yeah. Beautiful place. Beautiful house. Mm. Now, if you, and I know now you are looking for somewhere, yeah, at the time of recording, if you could live anywhere on the Gold Coast, mm -hmm. where would you choose to live? Rainbow Bay. Rainbow Bay. That was a very quick answer. Mm -hmm. Why Rainbow Bay? When I first moved up here from Sydney, that's where we lived. Okay. And it's a lifestyle that is like no other. And what particularly draws you to that place? What what is it, what about the lifestyle is it? It's just free, healthy, opened mm -hmm. life. It's just everything about the area is just so nice. Mm -hmm. It's you got the beaches right at your doorstep. You listen to the waves crashing of a night when you go to bed. Not for everybody. No, but for you. But for us it was fantastic. It was a lifestyle that like no other. Mm. That's all I can say. Wow. I, I shall have to go there again. Mm. I, I do like it there. It's a beautiful yeah. part of the world. It is fantastic. Now, this is my. This has been quite quick. Yes. And very illuminating. Very. Oh. It's been very enjoyable. Not that I had any expectations. I mm -hmm. didn't didn't know what to expect. Yeah. It's it's been really cool. With the cooking for two and a half thousand people, and then cooking for the queen, etc., mm -hmm. etc. Et it's it's been very cool. But this is my last question. Okay. What did your childhood smell like? Wood fire. With soup on the stove all the time. What kind of soup? All the, Every day was different. I should have known it would be food and mm. kitchen of some just sort. The smell when you got home from school and it was just, oh, I'm home. <laughs> and you could smell it. You can smell it now, yeah, can't you? Yeah. there now. It's just, it was wonderful. And Absolutely wonderful. And so if I asked what your 
childhood sounded like? I imagine it's something kitchen related. Yeah, more animals. Okay. Uh, we used to have chickens and horses, sheep. Separate from the kitchen, I hope. Of course, yes, definitely. Or sometimes the chickens and the the (laughs) sheep were in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, no, as kids we had uh, racehorses, trotters, and it was uh, always something to do with the animals. If we weren't walking the horses or taking them for a ride Mm. or doing something, it was... That's amazing. This this podcast is quite... It's a selfish thing for me because I'm living vicariously through (laughs) my guests' answers. Now I can imagine the kitchen and the animals and... It was, good, it was a good childhood, very good. Wow, lucky you. Yeah. That's wonderful. That was my last question, yeah. but I have one more now. Is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask? I think, where are we going now? Okay. I think is... Where are we going now? Wherever it takes us. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the moment where, as I said to you before, we're looking for an, a new home. Yeah. Where that happens, we don't know, but... It's exciting. Yeah, that's good. I think there's a lot still to learn in life. Yeah. And I think that wherever it does take us, like we were talking about before, to be positive and don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's it. That's yeah. And I'm sure wherever it is that you do end up living, mm-hmm. it, you are home. Yes. Right now that's a very yes. trite thing to say or a cliché. Mm. But it seems that's the sort of energy that you give off. Yeah. And I've been to your and house and I felt that. <laughs> and go cuts, which will make the home. Yes. Robert, thank you so much for being a guest. My at, pleasure. At very short notice, might I add, I would be interested to have you back in the future to see where your where your catering school mm. and business has uh, taken mm. you, and when your daughter has uh, successfully entered supercar racing. Yes. Anyway, thanks again. Have a fantastic day. And you guys listening, have a fantastic day as well. Talk to you soon. Bye.